Interior. Night. Recording studio. Two redheads begin pre-show warm-ups. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Jack, write that you gargle your water or something. Jack gargles some water. And then put that we say, welcome to Script Shop. Who? Me or you? Mm-hmm. You say it. Welcome to Script Shop. N- no, but like, really, say it. Like, right now. Like, right now. Let's go for it. Welcome to Scrimshaw. No, Jack. Top. <laughs> Omaha. No, Jack. Welcome to Script Shop. Well, hi everybody. This is Script Shop. It's cold outside, and the snow is starting to come down, depending on where you live. In Cincinnati. In it, that's what I mean. Depending on where you live, <laughs> if you're say in Los Angeles, it's not quite as snowy no. there. Uh, we talk about the weather here on Script Shop Show. My name is Jack. My name is Allison. And we do mainly talk about scripts and screenwriters and their work and their lives and the way that their lives affect their work. Stir into a pot when they're making yes. their big pot of work on the stove. Mm, spaghetti. It's an emotional cycle. Psychological stew. <laughs> we love getting into that stew. Mm-hmm. We love eating dinner with our guests. <laughs> we love talking about their work. Let's and keep pushing it. Keep going. We got this yeah. metaphor. We're going to stay with this <laughs> the one. Food, the food episode. Mm-hmm. Um, as if we didn't just eat all of our mid-show snacks. I just had carrot sticks. I'm, no, I'm, I had a bag of candy corn. Yeah, Frank, did. what did you eat? Frank, what did you eat? I ate, I don't know how to pronounce this, Bon Bonnery. Yeah. Ah. Cincinnati throw up. It's a treat from the... Don't say throw up. I said it on that other episode, and I want to keep it going strong. We're talking about a business that makes food. You can't say Cincinnati throw up. It's It's from the Bon Bonnery. It's a nice little bakery here in town. It's delicious. Sponsorship. Yeah, that'd be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, What you got over there also, Frank? A bag of combos? Yep. Nice. pepper. What's your combos flavor choice? What's your go-to combo? I actually got these for, I, I picked up like 20 bags of these because they are on sale for like 57 you cents. You uh-huh. Oh, that's They're, a good um, deal. Sweet and salty chocolate fudge. So like they had one huge bin of sweet and salty chocolate. They were closing them out because I oh, guess nobody likes them. Uh, except you're going to love the crap out of them for the next 20 bags. Yeah, one a week. I can go a year. <laughs> Here on Script Shop Show, we talk to screenwriters and also various producers about their snacking habits. Yeah. Uh, we have a guest today. Our guest today is Jason Cartalian. Yes, A friend excited. of yours. For, oh, I love him. I'm so excited to have him on the show. I ran into Jason at a film festival, as I am lucky to do with a lot of my really awesome friends now. Mm -hmm. Um, I first met him at the Twister Alley Film Festival in Woodward, Oklahoma. Saw him in, uh, I think I saw him in Chicago. Maybe I missed him in Chicago. Okay. And then again in um, Gig Harbor, at the Gig Harbor Film Festival. Okay, yeah, you've talked about that one. Yeah, they're all great. Okay. They're all great. Um, Yeah, so I'm super excited about having him on the show. I did not see the script that we're talking about today. Because it has been produced. This one is an older work of his Mm -hmm. that has been produced. He was was touring with a newer one. Okay. So it was such a treat to get this to show up in my inbox after the last time I saw him. Cool. And be like, oh... I just learned something new about you that I had never, ever, 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 ever known. So that's also the magic of Script Shop. If you're interested in us learning new things about you, you can submit to www.scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Oh, yes. Scriptshopshow.com slash submit. Also, if you uh, want to be friends with us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Script Shop Show, you can find us. Our guest today, Jason, has written a script called Seahorses. It's an 81, 81 page, I say two-ish characters because yeah. there, there's really four yeah, characters. but it's but it, there, there's five. 
I would go two-ish actually sounds good because it's the right. guy and the girl and then there's a couple ancillary people in their world. But this right. is very much a duo a, oh, sort of. Oh boy, what a, it's like a long scene, a long, beautiful scene. Yeah, with a lot of, it, it's an emotional roller coaster of people, you know, exposing themselves, warts and all. And I mean that in like a thoughtful sense with emotion and mm-hmm. not in like wearing an overcoat and I mean- <laughs> Confronting someone in the street corner. I'm just shaking my head here. Beautifully grounded contemporary L.A. scenescape. Yes, there we go. Very good. So, before we get into that, Jack. Yes. What are you watching? Well, you know, we were talking about this script and how it it, it is set in L.A. and there's a bit of an L.A. vibe to it. It made me think of, in terms of like you know, people with some damaged qualities and coming together to have a relationship. uh, There's a show on FX called. It's like I think it's a show on FXX that's called You're the Worst. Uh, it's Aya Cash and Chris Gere. They're fantastic in it. It's about these two people that are messed up, jerky, damaged people who somehow stumble into this relationship. And at first they agree that this is a no strings attached kind of thing. Mm. But, you know. But there are always strings attached. As we will learn in the Seahorses script that we're about to read. So anyway, You're the Worst. If you haven't checked it out, uh, that huge, huge high recommendation for You're the Worst. Yes. And I am looking forward to watching The Crown which I just uh, noticed released a lot of new episodes on Netflix. So, oh, yeah, season two hit. Yes, I did not even know. Yeah. That was a really interesting season one, and I'm pumped about seeing season two. Nice. Yeah. We should we should ask Jason. Let's, you want to Go put, for it. I love him. Hi, Jason. Love Allison loves you. I love you. <laughs> and I think you knew oh, that. Oh, it's great to be loved. <laughs> Jason, what are you, are you watching or reading anything uh, that people should hear about that maybe they haven't just by, you know, seeing ads and stuff? Yeah, I just wanted to, to shout out a great documentary I saw at Gig Harbor called The Memory of Fish. Oh, uh, Galvin, yeah, uh, the director, and it was it was a just a, an amazing documentary that, that and it's, it was it's an environmental documentary that actually has an uplifting story, which is uh, very rare in these these days. Yeah, yeah, it's not a downer, and, huh? And I rewatched. Uh, 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 one of my favorite filmmaker Josh Hope's film. Uh, it's called The Life and Death of an Unhappily Married Man, and I, I really recommend you guys download it or go on iTunes and take a look at it and check it out. Uh, I, I've been looking at a lot of low budget films. You know, not not, not to say this is. A, I mean, this is a very grand low budget film, but uh, since I've been moving towards making another film and I'm shooting it in in uh, uh, February, I've been. You know, just basically kind of boning up and watching films that kind of inspire me. Nice. Uh, you know, and, and films that were made for not, you know, millions of dollars, but, you know, films that are made with ideas and, uh, you know, you know, excitement and energy. Yeah, shout out to Josh Hope. We've had, uh, I'm not sure what our yeah. release schedule is. Yeah, he'll is. be out before this one is. Yeah, we had Josh on for his, uh, what was it, the one where the guy is unhappy with his... Yeah, the Sad Bastard Club. Sad Bastard Club, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be all ears, so I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, he'll be coming up in a couple of weeks, I think. Nice. So look for that one, or, or go back and find that one. Yeah, if you're honestly. listening to this now, you'll want to scroll back and find the Josh Hope episode that, in theory, has already come out. Jason, hi, welcome to the show. We appreciate you coming on. <laughs> um, awesome, thanks for having me. So you're born and bred California, huh? Yeah, well, my parents are from New York. My ah. Father was, okay, so that's why you get that from me. I mean, uh-huh. I'm kinda, I kind of give off a New York vibe or an East Coast vibe, but I'm, I'm definitely born and bred in Los Angeles, actually San Fernando Valley. Oh, you're in the Valley, okay. I'm Valley boy. <laughs> How much does a plate, when you're, when, 
when you're living in a place and just the surrounding and the environment and the weather, how much does that figure into, how much does that affect what you're writing and how you're writing it? I mean, I think it's easy to drown in cynicism here in Los Angeles. Despite, like, all the sunshine uh, and warmth and everything? Well, I mean, I mean, in L.A., you know, a waiter is not a waiter. You know, he might be a writer, uh, aspiring comedian. Uh, everybody's aspiring. And, and the, the film industry, basically everyone's informed by the film industry, be it the printer or the guy who does your laundry or... You know, it's just—it's just the the film industry is just kind of is the culture mm-hmm. in this town, even if it's so removed. Even if it's, if it's your mechanic, and you talk to your mechanic, and the mechanic says, "Oh yeah, I'm starting a reality show." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it's definitely interesting how you know you cannot escape the film industry in Los Angeles, you know, no matter what. And sometimes it's refreshing to go to, uh, you know, another place and you realize that, you know, the librarian is actually a librarian, mm-hmm. you, know, or the, you know, so, so it, it's definitely, I mean, you, 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 you sort of are awash in the film industry, the head, the evil giant dragon head of Hollywood will always be, you know, present no matter where you walk to, where you go. How did this shape you growing up? Well, my father was an actor, and uh, he was actually a pretty successful character actor. Uh, he started uh, as a professional wrestler in New York. Wow. He, w- he, he went to Broadway, and uh, he was in uh, uh, Romeo and Juliet with Olivia de Havilland, and uh, he, was, uh, he did a lot of uh, – yeah. he was on the, uh, the, the touring company of a, of, a, of a show called Mr. Roberts, he was also in the in the the feature film Mr. Roberts with uh, James Cagney and Henry Fonda and Jack Lemmon, uh, and uh, he came to uh, Los Angeles to be in a movie called Cool Hand Luke, yeah, which is a real, really famous film. Uh, and he played a character named Dynamite. Uh, he was also, I guess, his most uh, noteworthy or the thing that he's most famous for is he was in. Uh, uh, the Planet of the Apes, the original Planet of the Apes. He was uh, Julius Keeper of the Cages. Yeah, uh, which, which is the cigar smoking ape. Right. You know where you know he was. He was the one who said, "Human, you see, human do." He was. A, he was the New York ape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's and, so. What was that like being a kid then? It was interesting. I mean, I mean, in some ways, it's a hard act to follow, especially when a lot of people know who your dad is. And my dad was. Uh, very much a professional actor and very uh, focused and driven, you know, to be a professional and being, uh, you know, and, and in some ways, uh, you know, I, I think especially a lot of my earlier work, I always wanted to like, you know, I'd write a script and I'd show it to my dad and I know he would hate it. Mm. I remember the first time I wrote a script that he liked it. It was like, it was like some amazing thing. Like, oh my God. It was like maybe my fifth or sixth script that I had written. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like oh, my, you know, like whatever I did, my dad, like, embraced me and supported me. It was definitely, you know, the sort of uh, looking at and judging my, my work and whether or not it had value. Yeah. <laughs> so, that sounds so hard. Again, uh, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's very, uh, I mean, I mean, again, you know, he was definitely a very loving, uh, nurturing dad in, in, in a lot of ways. But again, when it came to, to, uh, I guess the professionalism of 
being being an artisan, you know, you know, taking what you do seriously, uh, being able to uh, create, you know, you know, things that 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 work, that that, that find truth. Uh, you know that that's sort of the where where I was coming from, and you know again, you know it's just very old school dad. You know when it came to um, you know the 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 way the way he sort of instructed me to uh, or, or, or sort of informed me to be to, to strive for you know I don't necessarily know perfection, but strive for something that that that, that is authentic. Mm-hmm. Did you act as a kid, or or did you just start by being a screenwriter? Well, I always made little movies, so I'd always like you know. I remember my dad bought this like VHS stuff, and we would make movies for parties. So we would do like a movie. We'd have a party for uh, the the Fourth of July. So we'd make some crazy movie with George Washington or Lincoln. That is so cute. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember doing this one about, uh, I don't know if you remember, maybe I'm dating myself, but like Geraldo Rivera would like go back in time and, and, and try to find salacious things about um, George Washington and, and, and Lincoln. Oh, and that's would funny. Dress up in crazy costumes and, and create these crazy skits that were just really offensive, crazy stuff. But, but it was kind of this thing where, you know, it, 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 it kind of, it also kind of this, this sort of, um, DIY kind of thing before DIY. So it would be like, you know, I'd light it, I'd, I'd put the cameras up, you know, my dad would be the actor and, and he'd play multiple characters. Yeah. We'd, we'd create these little, like, you know, odd, strange movies, you know, you know, 10 minute, 12 minute, 15 minute movies that, that only would be shown at an event or at a party. Um, so yeah, it, it was interesting to sort of, it's, it's sort of film school before film school, you know. Yeah. Sort of, mm-hmm. And and then also learning how to edit and cut and put music and doing all these things myself. And you know, I, I don't necessarily like with, with like a film like Seahorses, or you know, when I when I when we, you know, I mean, I wrote it, you know, and then we went ahead and produced it and did all that things. I didn't necessarily do everything, but I had a lot of knowledge that helped and and informed and you know was able to uh, uh, strengthen my. Uh, voice as as a writer and as a filmmaker. What do you think was your first professional break as a young person? Professional break? Oh yeah, uh, my first film uh, was called Pedestrian, and uh, it was we did it about it's about seventeen years old now, um, and uh, it was kind of a thing where you know it was my first film. It was very difficult. It was a very difficult experience putting it together. It was one of those things where uh, it was very close to uh, it was autobiographical, it was, it, it was similar to Seahorses in some ways. And you know, it was written. I wrote and directed it and put it together. And it was it was the, I wasn't sure whether or not people thought it was good or not. And uh, we played a festival called Dances with Films, like that was in L.A. Uh, and uh, the best break I ever had in my life was we got a good review in Variety. Oh wow! Wow, that's <laughs> and big. that was that was the thing that kind of okay. So, you know, everyone started to like the film once it got this really nice glowing review that it was you know this the and 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 I felt like that was the first time I felt like the industry kind of I mean it cuts both ways reviews cut you know I mean I sure. 
I, I've been trashed by the LA Times. I've, you know, and I've been, I've, I've had, I mean, it's not, it's not like I've, you know, it, it definitely, uh, um, your reviews are, are a matter of taste, but it was like, it came at a very critical time when I needed some kind of professional, uh, uh, endorsement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I definitely, I sent flowers to the, the reviewer. Aww, that is so <laughs> sweet of you. <laughs> you laugh like, ha I did that right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't like it was a bribe. I mean, the review already came out. Yeah, right. It was after the fact. So Jason, you said that there was, a, a, there's a bit of cynicism doing what you're, where you are, because everybody is sort of involved in the movie industry one way or another. Did that mean because of where you were living and then what your dad did for a living, the fact that you were going to start doing something in this industry was just sort of already decided? Oh, no. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things, other things in, in um, you know, my life. You know, my mom was a jewelry maker. Okay. And she worked really hard, and, and she really showed me that how much – I mean, she would make jewelry with her fingers and bend them, and and then she would sell them at craft fairs and sell them to stores. And she she created this really great business making jewelry and 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 sell. And they were their beautiful pieces. And it, so so it, it was necessarily a, an element of of creativity. So it, I, I always wanted to be creative, even if it was you know not necessarily even filmmaking. Like I, I worked in. Uh, you know, art direction where I would make these brochures. And I think, I think you can focus your creativity in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I just think that, yeah, maybe, maybe in my genetics, I'm a showbiz character. You know, I'm a person that, you know, likes to be involved in films. I mean, the, I think the most exciting thing about making films and, 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 and I mean, obviously we write to, to, to hopefully make these films you know, realize them and create these things. And so, uh, you know, the, I love the collaborative effort, you know, and, 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 and even how, when, when I wrote seahorses, how getting the actors involved made me change the script, an interesting cinematographer and a great production designer made me change the script. Yeah. Uh, I felt the script was a, a, an interesting sandcastle that, that once people got involved with it, we could, uh, affect and, and change it, and the fact that I am the writer director, uh, you know, the, the I found the the lead actress Jessie Washburger was also was bilingual. She spoke French, and I'm like, you know, maybe we can incorporate her French into the film. Uh, my uh, my actor was this 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 guy from Oklahoma, and, and so okay, well let me let me make some changes to the script to, so so that we can incorporate his background, you know, and I found these great actors that I was able to sort of, you know, maybe make some alterations to the script so that, you know, the, 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 there was, there was more interesting character development. There was the, the film was more mysterious and interesting. And, and in fact, the, the, the actors kind of melded with their characters even more than they would, Yeah, you know? Yeah an interesting way to make films it's, it's not necessarily like you know where the script is set in stone it's it's kind of things where uh we're 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 we're, we're adjusting and working and and it also comes from the the um rehearsal process so you once you bring 
uh, the elements. You, you know, the, the, you write a script, and the transaction between the the scriptwriter, filmmaker, and the and and the actor is here's the script. Okay, so what what are you doing with it? What's what? Well, let, let's see. Okay, well, once you see that the actors are bringing certain things to life, you know, maybe there's a certain element here that needs to be developed. So like, like uh, you know, we have this. In, in, in Seahorses, there's a scene with this kind of this kind of thug that that, that comes in, and so he's sort of the the third act kind of he, he's he's sort of the, the 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 narrative drive. He's this kind of ex boyfriend that's pissed off that comes in and busts in, and uh, there was he was definitely you know I mean very uh, um, sort of a uh, somewhat something someone who drove the narrative. But then I realized that he was like a human being. And, and then I gave him like this really interesting speech once we did a, a rehearsal. And I felt like, oh, yeah, you know what? You know, he has his own kind of inner world. And, and, and in his world, he's the lead of the film. Even though right. he's you know, a minor character in the film, he's definitely the lead of his own film. And he has his own interesting internal logic that he can bring to the uh, you know, to the proceedings. And so he, uh, he comes up in and he had this kind of this, this crazy speech. I, I don't know. I, mean, I remember where he's talking about how, you know, um, you know, he, 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 you know, he sort of um, uh, understands that this, that, 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 that Lauren, the main character, you know, is pregnant and maybe, you know, maybe she kind of needs that kind of stuff in, in, in her life. So, so this sort of kind of street logic, of this kind of rageful guy, and it, and it softens the narrative um, device of this character coming to bring the pain, and by turning him into a three third to three dimensional character. And this did not come from the script. This came from, I mean, it definitely came from the script after, but it, it was informed by rehearsal and and, and just sort of meeting with a, a um, you know, with a with a, with the actors when when the actors come together and they look at each other sometimes. Right. I mean, you, that, get, you get ideas. That's such a wonderful process to be able to work with with people on your script. And I wonder, what what was your life like when you were working on Seahorses? Like, where is this coming from emotionally for you? Yeah, where oh, were you oh, at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because I remember that, like, like when I was looking at the the, the scenes, the, the the scene, whatever the scene that you guys are gonna, I, I guess we're going to perform. Um, I was thinking, wow, you know, just the the open sores. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that are that are that are that are, that are sort of exposed in my life. I mean, I feel like I feel like um, in some ways the window dressing of producing the film sort of separates the the the, the raw emotion. But when you see the script, you see. I, I mean, obviously, uh, I was having uh, issues with my uh, my my family. Uh, my you know my my mom was having you know severe health issues. And, uh, you know, I, w- I was thinking a lot about death. Uh, I was thinking about how, um, you know, it's very difficult how, how humans connect. Um, I was thinking, how, thinking about how awkward I am, how socially inept I am, and how, <laughs> um, you know, how ridiculous so many things, you know, so many situations I've put myself into, because, you know, and, 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 and I also was thinking about how, you know, how human beings, you know, sometimes will do anything to just connect and communicate to, to a person. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, and, 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 and just, just the, this idea of, of 
finding that truth of, 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 of just like, okay, okay, I'm a messed up person. We're all in some ways in, you know, creations of, of you know, mistakes and, you know, of, 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 of longing. And we, we, we are, we are awkward creatures. We're seahorses. And so that's the, that's sort of where I was coming from when I was writing it. And, uh, you know, it, and, and in some ways it's dressed up like a kind of one of those romantic movies, you know, it's definitely has this sort of boy meets girl, you know, s- structure. That's how it starts anyway, for sure. Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about those things we talked about. It's yeah. about, right. it's about people trying to find connections. It's about, about people running from pain um it's about heavy stuff and uh you know some people can watch it and go oh this is a fun little movie and then other people can watch it and go wow this is a heavy movie you know it's it's about a lot of different layers and and i I think also too uh this one of the things that 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 helped me really helps me as a writer is um and and i see it in a lot of different you know, uh, you know, well-written things is the ability to slowly reveal information. Mm-hmm. You know, you have these characters and you sort of, oh, who is this character? Is she a prostitute? Who is this character? Is she, you know, is she an escort? Who is this guy? You know, is he just, you know, this kind of sick individual? You know, what, or is he a bad guy or whatever? You have these you, you have this sort of preconceived notions when you see people on a screen together. Right. And then you slowly reveal what these characters are about, and there's sort of a mystery. And and every scene, you add another new little thing or a new little twist that 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 turns the story and and it gives the audience different expectations of what what they're going to see. So it, it's it's like a you know peeling different layers and 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 then and then hopefully. There's substance, you know, in that, in that core, but but if you just kind of just put it all out there, you have no, there's no direction or right. Or, there's nowhere you know, to go. You, you need to slowly. Re- that, that, that's that, that's the other thing too. In some ways, seahorses is a mystery because you're wondering what the relationship of these characters are, and then you also wonder. There, there's a there's this situation where. Uh, uh, Lauren is talking to her brother, but you don't know that. And there's these several scenes that, that happen. And the first scene, you don't know whether or not she's a lover. He's like, he's a lover or like a previous relationship. And then, and then each scene progresses with little more information so that this, you know, the, the depth of these, uh, connections become more and more, uh, um, um, informed by, the the plot and the story and the character. Well, speaking of revealing the characters, we're going to go ahead and jump into the scene selection that we have today. Um, This scene specifically covers a lot of the themes that you just talked about in terms of building it into your writing. And uh, and also revealing like character stuff. There's a ton in this. Yeah. And so, um, listeners, we're going to be reading from Seahorses. Jason, do you have like, is there like a log line or a brief description that uh, you have to give people an idea of where Uh, we're at here? Yeah. Or do you want to do beats first? We can go. I think we should do the scene first. Yeah. Okay. But Jason, as far as like general description. Do you want to set up the scene here? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Basically, I mean, I mean, again, this is this is much later in the film. This is this is this is going, getting really close to the third act of the of the film, mm-hmm. and so so the the, the definitely it's it, it's sort of a situation where a lot of uh, the real, true, authentic—you you sort of real understand what these, where these characters are coming from here. This is this. Finally, they start to getting real. You know, there's been a lot of, um, uh, you know, de- definitely a, a lot of facades that were put up, and now finally the facades are sort of kind of ripped away. Yeah. And the, 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 these the, these sort of moments are sort of where it comes from. And then again, the the actually Seahorses is sort of a, a kind of untraditional screenplay in some ways where the scenes sort of run into each other kind of like a play so so again it's not tight this scene you know you know little little scenes and little things that add up to something but it's sometimes the scenes kind of roll into each other and kind of one scene rolls into another into another um and basically the log line i mean is a a, a chance meeting between a man and a woman becomes a dramatically intense and darkly comic journey about love codependency and loss yeah i just read it <laughs> anyway, perfect that's, that's it and then uh so yeah i mean we can, we can just go ahead i mean i'm sure yeah there's, so there's enough information for people to get yeah uh, uh listeners coming from I, I will be reading the role of lauren jack will be reading martin jason will be doing all of our action headings and action throughout the script and as he mentioned uh jason said that the script just kind of rolls one onto the other so Whereas we usually begin with an action heading, we're starting straight with a character line. I will be starting us off, Mm -hmm. and here we go. Sorry. Sorry. What should I do? You should do what you think is right. She started her own jewelry business from nothing. She was such a free-spirited artist with this sharp mind for business. How can someone so bright, so powerful, independent, engaged, become so weak and helpless... She has this glassy, blank, thousand-mile stare. She can't control the drool that runs down her lips. Inexplicably, Lauren starts to silently vamp it up. She moves up to Martin and towards the bed. Martin gets off the bed and stands up. Lauren pushes Martin back on the bed. She takes off her shirt, exposing her black bra. She starts to move towards him. What are you doing? It's hot in here. I can turn on the air. I'm fine now. She gets on the bed and lies by Martin's side. There's an awkward silence. Lauren plays with her bra strap. Lauren starts to crawl towards Martin. He slowly moves away from her. He starts to pin him against the bed backing. She's ready to live her. He's reluctant to partake. She caresses his arm. He gently pulls it away. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's right? You're funny. She moves over and loosens a button on the top of Martin's shirt. She tries to move him for the kill. Martin is shocked and tries to get into it, but his brain gets in the way. Why don't you take off your pants? My pants? Take them off. No, I don't think... You're right. Let's start with the shirt. She pulls off his shirt. Now the pants. Lauren, I, I don't... Take them off. I hardly know you. That's what makes it hot, dummy. Don't... Don't you think we should take it slow? I mean, you expressed your concerns about this from the start. You're not a piece of meat, right? What's changed since then? I changed my mind. I am a piece of meat. I want you to devour me. No. Okay, you be the meat. I'll devour you. Lauren yanks on Martin's pants and starts to pull them off. No, no, no. Are you rejecting me? No. No one rejects me. No, I'm 
I'm not rejecting you, just <sighs> your advances. Lauren continues to try to seduce Martin. He tries to halt it. Considering how this evening has gone, this is not a reasonable course. I love my mom so much, and she gave so much to me. She suffered for me. It kills me every time I think about her. I don't know what's going on in her mind, or if she has a mind at all. I haven't seen her in over six months. I can't bear it. I'd rather gouge out my eyes. No matter what, it's not going to end pretty for any of us. If we don't die young, we'd be fortunate to have a future of cancer, heart disease, sickness, stroke. Why don't we get some relief? How about a little release? We're still relatively young. I assume all of our body parts are still in working order. Why don't we use them just for tonight? Lori continues to try to seduce Martin. She cuddles up to him. Brian Wilkinson. He was my best friend in elementary school. We were inseparable. I remember we used to act out our favorite comic books, running wild on the playground. And then my family relocated, and I was pulled out of school. Four years later, we came back to the valley... Time for high school, and I was going to be in the same class as my old friend Brian. Things had changed. He was one of the popular kids. Tall, good-looking. Naturally, I was shut out. I remember the semester I was in geometry with him. He didn't say two words to me. He didn't even look at me. It's amazing how best friends forever can be epically estranged. Late at night, Brian and his girlfriend were parked up at Mulholland Drive and they were making out, and they got carjacked. And they were dragged out of Brian's Beamer, and they were shot in the head execution style. Their bodies were thrown down the side of the mountain. Coyotes had snacked on Brian's face. The whole school was in mourning because of this senseless tragedy. The cheerleaders cried for weeks. I was so happy, but I didn't show it. Schadenfreude. Why would the horrible death of the kid who was my best buddy bring me so much joy? Am I not attractive enough for you? You are. Am I not sexy enough? You are. Then what is your problem? Isn't this what every red-blooded heterosexual man wants? No strings attached sex? There are strings. No strings. There are strings. Trust me, there are no strings. Even if you don't have strings, which I don't believe... I have my own strings that I have to worry about. Your own strings. I've got tangles of strings, and they are attached. There's a beat of silence. Have you ever fallen in love with someone? Yeah. How many times? Once. I've fallen in love seven times. Do you know how many women I've slept with? I don't know. Uh, 85, 100, 1,000? Seven. And seen. Hmm. What a beautiful, beautiful scene. You got two very, very... And, and, and there, I was going to say the word damaged. I, I think that the Lauren character is very, like, outwardly damaged. It's, I think it's she wears it on her sleeve more. Yeah. But as Martin opens up on more and more of his own struggles with trying to get through the day and his history and everything, he's got his own damage going on, too. That's, that's a cool dichotomy you have going on there between those two. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of a thing where they're... They're they're sharing each other. They're, they're sharing each other's information. It's 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 interesting how the the this actually seahorses started as a script because I was I remember listening to uh, I don't know this band called XX 
and it's like this band where it's like a, a, a girl singer and a guy singer. It's very spare. And I guess the guy writes the, 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 his lyrics and the girl writes her lyrics and, and they kind of, it's kind of this very sexy kind of play between each other. And I just felt like this, it's, it's an interesting element of sharing where one person tells their story or their weakness and then the other person tells their weakness. So it's kind of this interesting element where finally, uh, in some ways there's a little bit of a emotional payoff between these two where they're sort of getting real with each other. Yeah, let's have Jack do a beat breakdown for all of our listeners. Well, just, I mean, generally speaking, these two had been on this date. They come, they come back to his place, and Lauren is very hesitant to even walk in the door. She needs some reassurances. I think she makes him give her, give her his driver's license. She eventually comes in and makes a beeline for the bathroom, and there's a sizable portion of this script where she is locked in the bathroom. Martin's kind of pacing around his apartment wondering... What the hell is going on? What is going on? He's sort of waiting. He's calling this friend of his, this Jackie, to sort of give him some pep talks, and uh, it's... it's it, there, there, there's a lot of you're, you're getting a little bit of character stuff, but they're not giving it to each other just yet. And meanwhile, while Lauren is in the bathroom, she is rummaging through her bags. She's putting on some uh, kind of party girl going out outfits. She's going through some vintage jewelry. She has a couple of phone calls that go badly. Yeah. She eventually takes a bath and then ultimately she pulls out a gun and is contemplating what to do with her alone time in that moment with this gun now, which gets interrupted by Martin. And Martin is a chef and he has decided he's going to just to sort of take control of whatever bit of control he has in the situation and makes this sushi roll. And that's kind of the, where did that come from, Jason? How did that bring her out of her shell? Yeah. How'd that get her out of the bathroom there? Yeah. <laughs> We were looking at the way uh, you're trying to um, coax an animal, uh, <laughs> yeah. a wild animal. Food. And, and so you just kind of give a little snack. And, and I thought the other thing, too, is, I mean, we were going with the, the aquatic theme. And so it's kind of the thing, well, it makes sushi. And, and visually, it's kind of an interesting thing. And it's the actual tactile way someone would roll a sushi thing and show that this that this uh, um, Martin character was very accomplished and could, you know, make it a beautiful, you know, make some beautiful food and had, you know, was, had a talent and he had this, this, this restaurant that kind of went south. And so it, it was, you know, it was, it was informed by the characters, but also kind of a thing where um, it was a way that Martin can show that he had something he could give her. Yeah. You give part like so, like a, a good chef gives part of themselves to to the person eating the food. It's a it's a transaction, and it's a, it's it's a thing of beauty in some ways. Yeah, because of course, Lauren, like you were saying, Jack, she seems really damaged on the surface, right? But she's got some really big family drama going on, where her brother mistreated her as a young girl. Her mother is now on life support, and the family is having to make a decision about whether to pull it or not. Right. And so her brother keeps calling her during this whole movie, pressuring her to make a decision and basically end her mother's life. And she is not ready for that. So this gets tangled with 
some of her other issues with men, with being in Martin's place right now and having mm-hmm. to deal with this. So the scene that we're reading, there's a lot of emotional buildup she has that's starting to just tumble out of her. And Martin is having to deal with that and with his own insecurities about all of this. Um, is Martin based on you or yeah. did you base it on somebody that you know? I was going to ask this too. Where does he come from? <laughs> well, but you see, both characters are based on me. Yeah. Well, so cause... Lauren's based on me. And and Martin's based on me. Uh, they're they're all they're basically they're de- both dealing with different. This kind of the id and the ego. There's, there's this you know the sort of uh, um, you know I, I I definitely had parts of my life where it was like super you know socially awkward and 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 that's the Martin side. And then I also have a place where, you know, you get, you know, you have, you have urges to act out and, and to maybe abuse alcohol or abuse, you know, just sort of behave in a certain way because you realize like, wow, you know, you know, life is finite and, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, so, so I, I feel like both characters are part of me and, and uh, there, there's definitely some kind of deep, some, seated psychological reason why I went ahead and wrote this script and created this thing and this world. Uh, I, I just feel like, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's definitely, um, a form of therapy for me yeah. to, you know, find a truth, maybe learn a little something about myself when I, when I, when I, when I write these things and, uh, uh, you know, and, and then further refine them for the screen. How much do past relationships figure into this? You know, worrying about people maybe recognizing themselves in little stories you're telling. How much does that fuel when you're actually writing this dialogue and and, and building these characters' psyches out? You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, I feel like the script started to really pop when I started bringing my family involved into it. Yeah. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, well, and, and, and again, it's still fictional. I mean, there, there, there are definitely, I definitely took a lot of, uh, I, I feel like the, the other thing too, the artifice of, of creating a, 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 a you know, the, 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 the friend, the, you know, the, the, the idea that there's a, um, you know, a bilingual family that speaks French and English. And, and when they're at, they're pissed off at each other, they scream in French and, and different things like that. You know, all these things are, 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 are fictional creations, um, however, I feel like we all deal with universal things. I mean, our, our parents get old and sick and die. Our, you know, there, there are situations where we have a date that we don't like, is this a date from hell? Like, who is this crazy person? You know, mm-hmm. and all of these things are in some ways universal things that we've experienced one way or one time or another. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I mean, again, uh, my experience, I feel, uh, gives me power as a writer. And, and I'm not necessarily writing about stuff I saw, like, oh, I really like that part of that movie. You know, I'm, I'm, it, everything's coming from stuff that I've heard about or I've, I've experienced or I lived. I feel like that's where my power comes from you know, as, as a writer. It comes from my experience. How did you tie the seahorse theme into this? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, you know, I got, I have a, my, my daughter pulled me into uh, an aquarium, you know, and she was like, at the time she was maybe five or six. And, uh, I just was looking at 
fish, and, and then I saw some seahorses, and they were just kind of very awkward, and they were swimming around, and I'm like, I'm like, how do these, why do these things even exist? Look, they're, they're, they're so weird. There's like otherworldly creatures, and, and, and at, at the time, the script was called uh, Beyond Every Desire, Bed, B-E-D, you know, oh. it was about people in a bed talking, and and it was it was very it was even sparer than than the original script, but I had seen these seahorses and I'm like you know wow these are very interesting looking animals and then I started doing research about seahorses you know just because it, I, I I they just sort of I didn't know that people actually had them in captivity and that that, that you could have I mean it's really not that great having seahorses in captivity there are seahorses farms that you know they are definitely endangered. Um, but I just felt like, why would these characters be so, the, the, these these um, animals be so awkward? And then I real I found out all these interesting things about seahorses that you know they 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 they're kind of adrift and they get pushed around by the the tides. And then also that the male actually gives birth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, you know, just just what an interesting metaphor about, you know, about the human condition as well. Oh, also the fact that the, the seahorses, you know, they're, they're, they're very fragile. Their lives are very fragile. They die very easily. And I just, I just thought, thought the metaphor was very interesting. And, and also I felt like in a parlor piece kind of film where it's a very small location, it would be cool to have a character that had an aquarium and why wouldn't they have seahorses in the aquarium? Mm-hmm. And that would be an interesting visual cue as well, where you could just sort of get little shots of seahorses to, to counterpoint with, with the, 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 um, the human characters. So that it was, it was just, it was, it was a visual choice. It was an interesting, a happy accident. And then, uh, when we finally actually made the film, we did. We just went all out with visual cues involving aquariums and black light and strange practicals and all these things. So, so it was sort of um, the 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 script set the table for all the production stuff that was to come. So, with, as the relationship between these two goes on, and they do end up, uh, they have sex that night, and there's a connection there. This jealous boyfriend shows up and causes a ruckus, and ultimately Martin shoots himself in the foot. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's a metaphor there or not, but the way that these two sort of come together and they have this moment of understanding, and then he wakes up in the hospital as she's there. Do you see this as like a happy ending for them? Well, I mean, it, she's still messed up. I mean, she she downs his, his painkillers yeah. in, the, in, the, in the hospital. Yeah, she's just spicing <laughs> so, things up in the so, hospital room. I, I mean, and, and I mean, again, there, there's actually, you know, it's interesting because there, there was a there, there's two scenes in the hospital. There's one where Lauren signs the papers for her mom uh, to get off life support. And then there's the scene after where he's Marty and Lauren sort of have this fun little denouement where they are just, you know, kind of teasing each other and there's a little, you know, this sort of this love thing. And I, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, it is a happy ending because there's a hope, mm-hmm. Okay. you know, yeah. and then you show that you know, even though these people are badly damaged, maybe this is what they, they need each other. Maybe there's, there's something that's, that they're, they're so odd. They're so different that there's some, something that's 
forge, you know, co- connected with them. And, and, and also there's a misdirection too, because you, you, you know, he shoots himself in the foot and you're not sure what happens and you realize there's a hospital. You're not sure if he's dead or whatever. So it's an interesting, another one of those things where um, we take the audience on a ride where we're not sure that it might be tragedy. You know, yeah. basically you hear a gunshot and you don't know that he got shot in the foot. You think, you know, you, 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 you probably, you probably think the worst. I mean, the, I would. the direction mm-hmm. the way things are going with the with the uh, with the film or with the with the script, you don't you're not sure what what you know what is what where where Martin is at the time, and uh, and then you realize that it's you know he's he's okay. He just shot himself in the foot, and maybe there is a future be- for these two two very flawed characters. Yeah, it's very hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, one of the things I jotted down, there was a line, I don't know where I heard this from, but it's, it's always sort of stuck with me, this line about everybody has baggage and we're all just sort of looking for someone with a matching set. <laughs> and that that, I, that line, I, I haven't thought about that line in a while, but after reading Seahorses, that, that jumped out at me. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's also way, the way we deal with the baggage, you know, how we, um, you know, we can either, you know, totally be defeated by it or we can create i think that's why we create in some ways i mean i think that uh as 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 writers you know we write because we want our voice heard yeah and well and martin too in this script he of course he seems very comfortable with his baggage and his insecurities that he has them and then lauren of course is kind of reeling from some of them from having to take them on maybe sooner than she wanted. So Martin's a bit more mature about the baggage he has and is able to kind of be with Lauren as she struggles with hers. I I mean, I I think that in some ways Martin is more defeated. Mm -hmm. You know, he's sort of in a sense where he's uh, almost given up. Well, I think and, and, I, she's outwardly a mess, but she understands things that Martin doesn't. And he sort of projects this at least image of, you know, I'm a guy that making it, trying to make my life day to day. But inside, he doesn't have any confidence at all. Yeah. Yeah, no. And, and, and I think I think also Lauren is uh, s- someone who's really dealing with heavy issues mm-hmm. that are beyond relationships between men and women. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's kind of a thing where she's dealing with extremely like heavy stuff that, that, you know, sometimes we all have to deal with. So, so again, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, in in some ways, you know, Lauren's plight is, is, is much more, um, I don't know. It it, it has more depth than someone is like, kind of this lost soul looking for love, looking for connection uh, versus someone who's, you know, you know, basically losing her sanity because right. of uh, the, the emotional trauma of of, 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 of yeah of, of, of her yeah of her situation. Yeah. So, Jason, if somebody is interested in seeing seahorses, is it available for somebody to view currently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can you can get it on iTunes, nice. uh, Google Play, uh, Amazon Instant. It's you know it's it's available to. Uh, to see, and, and I hope you guys you know get to check it out. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, um, I'm, I'm very proud of the film, you know. And, and uh, you know, again, 
it's interesting too about scripts because the scripts are the most important thing when you write it. They're the most important thing when you're you know ready to produce it, and then when you make the movie. The script is like the least important thing. <laughs> it becomes like I don't know, you know, just just it it, it 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 turns into something else. It turns into a film. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think that it's it's definitely a a, a beautiful film with great, um, you know, value, uh, wonderful performances, uh, you know, really good cinematography, you know, and and you know, I, I'm definitely proud of it, uh, and. Uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, it's definitely a stepping stone to, to what I'm doing in the future. Mm-hmm. Nice. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to talk about the other projects you have going on, what's the best way for somebody to reach out? Yeah, I, I have a personal website. Uh, it's just my name, uh, jasoncartalian.com. You can, you can email me through there. Uh, you know, I'm on social media. So, you know, you can you can get a hold of me that way as well. That's perfect. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's that would that would be it. So we can make sure to have all that information on Jason up on our website. Um, and then, of course, we'll have different things up about you, Jason, whenever we're talking about your episode. So it's, it's been Thank such a so pleasure much. talking to you about yeah, thanks, this. Man. This is a beautiful script. I really loved reading it, and I appreciate you coming on the show to talk to us about it. I, I It's been a thrill. Uh, being able to share with you guys. No, oh, you're sweet. That's a, there's a lot of emotion in this thing. I feel like this is really personal. <laughs> I don't yeah. mean that in like I, I really just mean <laughs> no, this. He meant this, it. Yeah, he, that's true. I, it's so hard sometimes this to tell when I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> right there we go. Jason, thanks a lot, man. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this came from. Beautiful. There's a lot in this. Well, the again, and you know, we could only really touch on this because sometimes when you talk about these things, you only get to touch the surface of them. Mm-hmm. But like the characters say such personal, open things. I wrote down this one line. I'm gonna just go ahead and read it to you. Yeah. Um, Martin's on the f- the phone with Jackie, his yeah. friend, and he says she's toying with me, playing me against some other guy. I'm just a fool. I'm just a fat, pimple-faced nerd again. Mm-hmm. And it was just like yeah. so beautiful how fast his insecurities crush him mm-hmm. and how they just take him from being a, a grown-up guy to like just a kid again. Yeah. So watching these two characters just play off of each other is heartbreaking and so special. I was glad to hear him say that he felt like there was a bit of a happy ending because sometimes you get people with it, sometimes they sort of fuel each other's flaws instead of trying to help balance stuff out. Yeah, and that's a different story altogether, you know, but sometimes there's just a little bit of a hope on the horizon is yeah. what you need if you have a different story altogether and uh <laughs> look at that that's some professional segue <laughs> moment going you on are, right there you are a, a radio guy yeah. aren't you so if you do have a different story that you would like to uh let other people know about let other people read uh let other people talk to you about it uh you can do that you can get that to us scriptshopshow.com slash submit yep and you can reach out to us also on social media we do facebook instagram and twitter at script shop show we post pictures of our artists. We put their, well, we don't put their scripts on our social media. That goes on our website. No. But the scripts are available on our website to read. Yes. Um, and then we talk if to you. If you're quick you, about it anyway. Yeah, if you get to it. We talk to you about um, all the different things that we're airing on each episode. So check us out on social media. And if you have a second, we would greatly appreciate an iTunes review or a review on any of those platforms because that helps us reach new audiences. So thank you. Yes, please. Uh, thanks a lot. I think that's uh, that does it, right? All right. Until next week, friends, that's a wrap. 
Script Shop was created by Allison West. Hosted by Allison West and Jack Crumley. Produced by Frank Steele. Thanks to iHeartMedia Cincinnati for use of their studio. Intro music, Retro Soul by bensound.com. Outro music by purple-planet.com. Special thanks to all our guests. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.